Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. to this episode of That's What She Said, I would like to thank you for listening to last week's cannabis episode first. Um, they sort of, this follows, that one was vulnerable and this one is more vulnerable. So um, so thank you in advance for, uh, for listening and for letting me know what you think. Um, I will tell you that for the first time ever on a, uh, a coaching call this week, I Oprah cried, which is when... You just lose your shit and there's no getting it back. Uh, And what the lovely human said that um, she said, it's great. Um, She listened to the podcast so much. Fuck. Fuck. You know what? No, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. That's the sound I make when I usually stop recording and start again. But I'm not going to do it because it's vulnerable. Uh, She said, "Uh, I listened to your podcast so much that I would happily pay you the coaching fees for it. And then the calls with you are just a bonus. And I cried so hard and for so long. Um, Like that is one of the best compliments ever. Because part of my job is to make this like constant creation and constant putting things out into the world look simple so that I encourage other people to do it, right? But on the other side of that, there is the amount of space that the podcast and communicating takes up in uh, in my head, in my life, in my spirit, in my soul. And for someone to see that and to be like, I appreciate that and it's worth so much to me is just remarkable and lovely and thank you, Aideen. So in terms of tips and reviews, um, if you can leave any sort of tip, if this really helps you, fantastic. KristenKelp.com slash podcast, you get the link. And if you're like, I am broke as a joke, fantastic. If you enjoy this, KristenKelp.com slash podcast, and you can leave a review because that helps other people find it, love it, generally trust it. Um, Either way, you're being tremendously helpful and you're contributing to um, the energy of the podcast, which is not small or insignificant. It's actually 
It's actually the bulk of what I do in the world right now. So thank you for your support, for your encouragement, for your kind words, and for listening. And before we get into the sex episode officially, uh, I've this is all written out so that I wouldn't go too far off script and just say wild shit. And uh, this is all bear approved. There will not be bear commentary. That made him wildly uncomfortable, <laughs> as we discovered. Um, but it is all bear approved. It was like, is any of this too vulnerable, too far, or too much? Because unfortunately, my uh, fascination factor, the people that re- the reason people love me, is uh, rebellion. And his is mystique. So um, the, I, he couldn't be married to a worse partner if you have a mystique situation going on because I have less than zero mystique. <laughs> so this is all approved. So you don't have to worry about like, well, what did Bear think of this? He's, he's down. And now let's get started. And uh, last week was the cannabis episode, which was harrowing to record, to write, to share, all of it. Like, I told Bear that I was pretty sure it would end my career, that all my clients would abandon me, and I would never work again. And he said, have you ever felt like this before? And I said, yep, so many times. Like, that's how I know something's good. So every time something awesome is about to happen, that's generally how I feel. So I hit publish, and I geared myself up for another round of more of the same, because this week is sex. And I can feel my palms sweating as I type, and I am not all that comfortable. You can feel that while I'm speaking, and I'm sharing anyway. So let's start back in the day. So through my teen years in high school, I went to various ultra-conservative Christian workshops and meetups in places as exotic as Orlando and Salt Lake City. Yes. Yes, right? I was on the Bible quiz team, believe it or not. Uh, I came really close to signing a True Love Waits pledge. True Love Waits is a pledge that says sex is for marriage and signing means you agree. And the goal of uh, the conservative church, evangelical sort of movement, is to get you to sign that like just when puberty hits, like 13, 14, so young, so that you then have an additional layer of guilt to spread on top of the sex guilt. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Sex wasn't something that was talked about ever for any reason, unless it was to shame someone for having it before marriage or for being gay. Not both, because this was before gay marriage was approved anywhere in the world. So if you pile on then the feelings of a shy kid who's also smart, which means that dudes didn't speak to me unless they wanted to copy my homework, and suddenly you found someone who is terrified of sex, which is great because it means I'm not going to have it, right? Like they've done their job. But when exactly in the marriage ceremony does sex go from being forbidden to being something that is glorious and wonderful and fully condoned in the work of your creator and yada, yada, yada? Like how does that work? Why is God such a prude? How are we supposed to shed all that shame of doing a forbidden thing? Because at that point, there's probably 10 to 12 years of this is forbidden, you are bad. In mere minutes on our wedding night. Like, I never found good answers to those questions. Just filling you in. That's where we were. Uh, I was a fairly late bloomer all the way around with regards to my body i.e. The Long Journey to the Body is one of my favorite podcast episodes. And that took a good like five years of effort starting when I was 30 to be able to feel my body, breathe into my body, do like just basic things that other people can do naturally did not come naturally to me. So of course I came to sex late and with much gratitude. I was just so excited that someone was willing to have sex with me. It was fantastic. Um, I didn't wait until marriage, but I was really picky. I do have a short list of sexual partners. I am not like 
all of the things that the kids these days are trying were not on the table. I was just like, it's just the one person with the sex. Um, I was 20 when I had sex for the first time, and it was like, uh, this is all caps written, we, it was all the fun, I loved it so much. Then I had more sex with that same person, and holy shit, it was so awesome. And then I got married to a different person. (laughs) Um, And I was so old when I got married. I was 24. Yeah, like just one foot in the grave when I got married. Um, And my marriage was not about sex or enjoying sex or exploring sexuality. Um, It ended up being about working on the marriage from um, the moment it started. Not the moment. It had six weeks and then and then. Um, So about six years into the relationship, I discovered um, slash convinced myself that I was broken uh, that, I, that I might be asexual or both, uh, in order to avoid confronting the deeper truth that I was not and never really had been attracted to the one person on earth I was committed to having sex with in this lifetime. So I was very clear that when you're married, I am monogamous. There is no other, there's no plan B, there are no other options. Um, the trouble was that that was not fun and that even six years into relationship, I'm only 30 right? Like that's a long time to resign yourself to. This is just going to be shitty until I die. Uh, And right around then I discovered Kaminami and she sort of ruined everything. Um, And I'm going to talk about Kaminami specifically because I am not a sex expert or a sexpert, but her work has just done tremendous stuff for me. Um, if you feel broken or like you've shut down completely and totally, and that's a dramatic shift from how you were previously, I recommend picking up uh, Kimonami's Well-Fucked Woman course. Or if you would like to have a libido and don't, uh, the Well-Fucked Woman is all about the tricky work of reconnecting with yourself and with your own sexuality before you attempt to add a partner into the mix. So even if you've got a partner, I highly recommend it. This is going to be about exploring partnership in sex and, uh, Kiminami's coming together class. So I'm going to tell you what I learned from it and what you might learn too. So if you are not into sex or coming together or partnership, then this is maybe not going to be helpful or you can listen for now and then keep it in mind for later when a partner or partners shows up. So uh, number one thing that I learned, you are not broken. You can have every type of orgasm. Yes, you. So one of Kim's primary tenets is that everyone can have every type of orgasm if you have the corresponding body parts. So clitoral orgasms, check. G-spot orgasms, check. Cervical orgasms, check. You can have all of those orgasms, period, even if you've never had any at all, and you have those parts. If you're like, wait, what the fuck is a cervical orgasm? Exactly. That's why you need Kim's work. Uh, For me, it's the holy grail of connection and intimacy, and it's only available after you've done the work of being seen, clearing the space between you as a couple on a regular basis, and having a few sort of warm-up orgasms to get the body going and to step into sexual flow. That is not like a one-and-done, real-quick sort of thing, right? The good news is now you've heard of it. You can go try it out and make it happen. Um, If you need help, that's why I'm talking about coming together, slash coming together however we choose to put the emphasis. Um, Number two thing that I've learned, not all orgasms are simple pleasure. This was a shocking revelation. Like I cannot overstate how shocking it was. And I would have thought something was just 
utterly wrong with me if I hadn't been so acquainted with Kim's work. So I personally cut myself off from the waist down the minute my former husband said he wanted kids because we had agreed to no kids. That was one of the tenets of our relationship. Um, and when he wanted kids, I was like, oh, well, then that's just never going to be accessible to you again, basically. Um, I used my lady bits as an emotional trash can for lots of years because it's a damn good hiding place. Um, it was rarely accessed in sex because that part of the relationship had died. It was impervious to the work of body-based professionals like masseuses and estheticians because it was always off limits. Um, I shoved my feelings about the patriarchy and sexual violence and injustice and the wage gap into it. I shoved the pain of my marriage into it. I stacked boxes of boxes boxes of brokenness in every available corner until I could not breathe into my body any further than my solar plexus. And if you're like, where is my solar plexus? It's just above your belly button. Your lady bits are the perfect hiding place and clearing that space takes time. So I basically had like a hoarder's house level, just garbage everywhere. Clearing that garbage took years Years of going past my own boundaries of pleasure, meaning how much delight and goodness I was willing to let myself experience, because we all have caps on that, and I had to keep pushing it, um, as well as years of trusting Bear and our partnership in deeper and fuller ways. So did everything suddenly get fixed? No. Did we agree to work on everything together? Yes. And most of all, um, this took years of not shaming myself for my own reactions. So when you commit to coming together in all the ways, you naturally open up space for any reaction to an orgasm to be on the table, particularly the deeper ones. You might sob, you might wail, you might laugh, you might feel waves of ecstasy that go on and on. That's my preferred one, but that's not always how it is. Um, you might just issue like guttural noises from your throat that are not words. You might shake and flail and kick. You might push your partner away or draw them closer. You might go for a combo of those things. Um, the point is that each and every one of those reactions is completely valid and acceptable. Bigger, um, deeper female orgasms, which I'm speaking about because they're the only kind I've ever had. Obviously, I've never had a male orgasm. Um, they build like a storm and they can ride the line between pleasure and pain. They can clear pain that you have tucked away into your soft tissue, any wounds you've carried from past lovers, any dead spots or shut down spots, and any emotional debris that's getting between you and your partner, or you and your life, or both. I've experienced orgasms that made me feel literally like an ascended master, like enlightened, floating, full of bliss, as well as orgasms that made me feel like a hermit crab without a shell, defenseless, frightened and vulnerable, literally scared to exist, unable to make eye contact, that level of just like, oh my God, the world is ending. Bear's job as a partner has been, and still is, um, to be the safe place, the safe place um, big enough and safe enough for all those reactions to not only be okay, but welcomed, to be the softest possible space when tears are coming, to hold me through sobs of despair and pain, to let whatever is happening happen without trying to make it go differently and without paying any attention to how sex should look. Should is obviously air quotes, but you can't see me. <laughs> um, 
where porn is all like moaning and ecstasy and doggy style pounding and cum shots. Um, real life lovemaking is a continuous transfer of energy that might sound and look sexy, or it might not. That's okay. Deep orgasms bring you back to life, and that process is neither linear nor straightforward, but it is worth it. Number three thing I've learned, clear the space between you. Female bits are wired for depth, both literally and metaphorically. We crave deep knowledge of our partner's brains and hearts and thoughts, and then bodies. Um, Kim taught me, just annoyingly so, to return to the space between us and to clear it relentlessly. Any and every small slight is discussed because discussing small slights means they don't turn into resentment, judgment, silence, passive aggression, or just plain aggression. I think Brene Brown calls it chandeliering in that when you misplace or displace emotions and they come out in just places where like you hit the chandelier because the candle is not burning the right way or because you're out of bacon or like disproportionate reactions to things that are not actually that big of a deal comes from the stuffing and the jamming and the pretending everything is okay and then you hit the chandelier so what if you gave up on that and just cleared the space continuously so part of that is clearing your own space and realizing that if your partner spends every waking minute on the phone there's no way that your lady bits are wet for them because you feel ignored and sidelined and like the phone is more important than you if your partner reveals nothing of his or her soul to you and you're in a committed relationship, not having a fling, there is no way that you're going to have more and more amazing sex as time goes on. As little kitty hisses at the dog. Fantastic. These are great side effects that are happening. <laughs> if your partner has stayed exactly the same while you've grown and changed for the better, your sex life will most likely suffer for failing to discuss that growth. When resentments and hurts between you and your partner build, the debris tends to accrue in your genitals. This makes perfect sense. And I've seen so many people in casual conversation, um, coaching clients, friends, like just everybody um, beating themselves up. Typically the females are beating themselves up. And it's like, of course you have no libido when all you talk about with your partner is meal planning and scheduling and budgeting. There is nothing sexy about picking up chicken fingers on the way home, please, or figuring out how to pay the mortgage again this month. And we are often so busy that we try to get away with calling that intimacy because it's easier to say, I'm broken, this whole thing's broken, than it is to say, oh, it's just an intimacy thing. Clearing the space between you means you've done the hard work of being human together, showing one another your true selves, and picking each other as partners for another day. That is square that is not an impossible goal or a pie in the sky circumstance it's not a fairy tale it's not the basis for a sitcom clearing the space between you is the cost of having an extraordinary sexual relationship i will say this is hands down the hardest part of your time in a relationship it is easy to skirt issues to sweep them under the rug to bury them with busyness or to pretend sex isn't at all important I've seen women turn to me time and time again to tell me they're not, that they're broken and their partner's not, when really they're experiencing partnership issues that go back for years, if not decades. So clear the space, clear the space, clear the space. Kim even does an intro to nonviolent language. 
and communication that is super helpful for getting started. That was a random um, thing that just fell down. So uh, the cats are apparently terrorizing the house and we're gonna continue. This is fantastic. Oh, it's so vulnerable, I wanna stop so badly. Okay, thing I learned from Kim number four. Use the breath as a powerful tool. I was mostly unaware of my breathing until I came across Kim Anami's work in 2012. It is currently 2019. Um, of course, like I'd been breathing for three decades, but it never seemed to need any attention or effort. Um, Kim's courses helped me use the breath to stay present, to ride my own edges, and to distribute feeling and pleasure from my neither regions to the rest of my body. My lower half slowly came online with a combination of um, getting to know myself sexually, i.e. masturbation, and the breath. Uh, I can now control the intensity of my feelings with the depth of my breath. Like, I just breathed away. Like, what is happening in the other room? It's fine. <laughs> um, I can stay fully present with Bear for longer periods of time when I ride the breath. I can feel orgasms in my fingertips and toes when I ride the breath. Better sex is often a matter of paying attention to the most ordinary thing we do each day. We are all breathing all the time. When we're truly present, we're with our breath. When we're with our breath, we're also with our partner. When we're with our partner, we deepen connection and intimacy. When we deepen connection and intimacy, we become better versions of ourselves. It is so simple and so, so challenging too. And then things I learned, number five, Hopefully the cat will not terrorize any further things in the house. Uh, it gets better. When you are deeply committed to both your own growth and your partner's growth, amazing sex is not the anomaly, it is the norm. Just as there are worlds you can explore only on your own, there are worlds you can only explore with another human. You have an animal side and a softer side. You have harsh edges and abandoned boxes of garbage that you can't seem to shift. You have energies locked within you that you have forgotten. You have lands whose gates have been thrown open within you and they are beautiful. You have rivers of delight flowing through you. And those are all on the table when you start coming together. You find new ways to please each other, new ways to communicate with each other, and more depths to explore, always. That commitment is not for the faint of heart, but it pays dividends of ease and trust, pleasure and comfort, gratitude and bliss. It's fucking awesome. Literally and metaphorically, fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, if you want to learn more about all of this, uh, Kim's Coming Together course is full of so much more than this tiny little introduction can contain. Like I've been talking for 20 minutes and that barely hits the surface. I want you to hit up the link in the show notes or the podcast description or head to kristenkelp.com slash coming together and check out Kim's video series. Yes, it's a free video series that will tell you whether or not you need this, whether or not this is enjoyable. The worst thing that you would do is just unsubscribe. Not a big deal. Whether you choose to pick up the course or not, I highly, 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 highly recommend paying attention to her work. And then there's also a technical question because um, I've had people be like, how is it organized? Um, is it inclusive? How inclusive is it? Um, the course is organized by which body parts your partner has and how to please them. Um, it sticks with... 
there is more stuff falling down. Awesome. Um, it sticks with, with masculine and feminine polarities more than strict male-female or strictly hetero language. However, you will be disappointed if you or your partner uh, identify as trans, are trans, is trans. I don't know the grammar there um, because that's not specifically addressed in the main or in the supplementary bonus materials. If you know of a course that does include that information that's similar, I would be absolutely thrilled to hear about it and to share it. I do not know of one, and so I cannot recommend it. So if you are any sort of sexual that is not uh, transsexual, you will be fantastic. If you or your partner is transsexual, this is probably not for you because it's not going to specifically address um, the particular intersections of, uh, of places that you will need to be addressed in. Um, so again, doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. If you find that course, send it to me and I will share the shit out of it, okay? So again, kristenkalp.com slash coming together. Let's do this thing and um, yeah, let's, let's go find some magical, wonderful, joyful sexual experiences because the world needs more people who are getting laid really, really well and deeply. May you clear the space between you and your partner or partners in whatever way is necessary today. May you deepen the breath. May you have all the orgasms. May you trust that it gets better. And may you go exploring this wild and wonderful world of sexuality on your own terms and on your own time. If you have any questions or comments, you know where to find me, k at kristenkelp.com, or slide into my DMs and I'll see you there. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week with a not taboo subject. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's 
available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.